Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvot Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but we would love to meet you in person. All are welcome, and that includes you. So if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service at the corner of Arthur Ashe Boulevard and Grove in the historic synagogue across from the Art Museum. Can't make it in person? No problem. We are also live streaming on YouTube. Contact our administrator at tikvotdirector at gmail.com for the link during the week, or contact us on our website, tikvotisrael.com. There, you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Today, I'm going to be speaking on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And that could be a daunting task, because you know what? This whole book is about the Holy Spirit of God. Yeah, I mean, He was with God before the beginning, always with God. So, yet we witness through Scripture how God in the Old Testament and New, He anointed kings, priests, prophets, and others with His Holy Spirit. So in essence, what we can say is that the entire Bible bears witness of the work of the Holy Spirit on earth. In 2 Timothy 3.16, we read that all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Now, because of time constraints, I won't be able to elaborate on all the attributes of the Holy Spirit, or we would be here for weeks. Instead, I'm going to focus our attention this morning will be on the Holy Spirit in the ministry of Yeshua. And I have three points. The beginning of Yeshua's ministry. Point two, Yeshua's ministry with his disciples. And point three, Yeshua's ministry after the resurrection. Now, the title for this message is For His Purpose. For His Purpose. So the beginning of Yeshua's ministry. So the first topic that we really have to deal with is addressing the forerunner of Messiah which would be John the Baptist. Now we read this in John's calling, which is in Luke chapter 3, verses 2 and 4. While Anas and Caiaphas, the high priest, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness, and he went into the region around the Jordan, preaching, baptizing of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the books of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his way straight. So let's get it clear. The ministry of John the Baptist was preaching and baptizing of repentance for the remission of sin. This is Matthew three thirteen through 17. Then Yeshua came from Galilee to John in the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me? 
But Yeshua answered him and said to him, Permit it to be so, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. So then he allowed him. When Yeshua had been baptized, Yeshua came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Holy Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. It's important for us to remember a couple things here. Verses 14 and 15, which address John's trying to prevent Yeshua from being baptized. We must understand one key element here specifically, that Yeshua was both fully God and fully human. Fully God and fully human. This is important. So the question arises, why would Yeshua need to be baptized? Well, Yeshua answers the question, actually, he says to fulfill all righteousness. It's through John the Baptist baptism, Yeshua is identifying himself with humanity and with the sinners who he came to save. This is very important. This is definitely showing a separation. Jesus is saying, my Godhood is still with me, but my battle is against the flesh. As a human, I battle with the flesh. Okay? So there's two different parts to Yeshua. His Godhood, if you will, and his humanity. It is here we have the first expression of the concept of the Trinity. We see here that Yeshua is being baptized. The Holy Spirit is descending. And God speaking from heaven. Three in one. This is where we can find the Trinity. There's three in one all together. It is here too that Yeshua received the indwelling. And I want to make this a point because I think it will be clear in a little bit. He received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit immediately after baptism. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit is not the same as empowerment. Okay? Again, we'll see more on this in a moment, so just bear with me there. It is here Yeshua begins the process of subjecting his humanity to the full will of the Father. In essence, the same way we have to. It's after we receive Yeshua as Messiah, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells with us and corrects us and leads us to righteousness. Same thing's going on with Yeshua here, right? Submitting his flesh to the will of the Father. Okay, let's take a look at Matthew 1 through 11. Then Yeshua was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tested. And when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, he says, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered him and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of a temple. And he said unto him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he has given his angels charge over you, 
and their hands they will bear you up, lest you should dash your foot against the stone. And Yeshua replied to him, said, It is written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said unto them, All these things I give to you, if you would just bow down and worship me. And Yeshua said unto him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and with him only shall you serve. And the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. Now, the first thing I want to address is the 40-day period that Yeshua fasted. Now, 40 days represents a time of testing or cleansing. Now, the fast of 40 days can cause your body to become extremely weak, perhaps even very close to death. So it's at the same time that Satan comes to him at Yeshua's most vulnerable time in the flesh to begin his temptation. But how will we classify these temptations that were upon Yeshua? Remembering that Satan was attacking Yeshua's humanity. Temptations that were common to man. And I see these attacks basically in three primary areas. You may agree or disagree or say, well, it's more this or that. That's fine. I'm just saying, for me, this is how personally I see it. The first temptation when Yeshua hungered and Satan said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And if Yeshua had done so, he would have stepped outside of his humanity to meet his physical need. I see this as a mental challenge, mentally challenging moment, remembering in the flesh what would be your desire, what would be your want, your need at that particular moment would be to feed the body. And Satan is just saying, step into your godhood. You can give yourself whatever you want. And Yeshua says, no, no, I have mentally made the decision not to. Second test, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he has given his angels charge over you. I see this as a physical test. It was an attempt by Satan to persuade Yeshua to jump from the pinnacle of the temple to test Hashem's hand to save his son from harm. So to bring physical harm or to tempt God to save him from physical harm. A physical test. And the last one, Satan says, bow down and worship me and all the world is yours. The spiritual test. A test of loyalty to the Father. The test of loyalty to what he was called to do. Who are you going to worship? The world in all its glory? Or are you going to worship God? In Hebrews we read Hebrews 4.15. We read for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. After these testings, we read Luke 4.14 through 15. We read after the temptations, 
Then Yeshua returned in the power of the Holy Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went throughout the surrounding region, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Now, just briefly, that which we've covered, we've seen that one, Yeshua was baptized into repentance, baptism into remission of sin. That's what he was baptized. That was the call of John the Baptist. That's number one. Number two, the Holy Spirit came upon him after his baptism. The Holy Spirit indwelled in him. The next point, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. We can see that in our lives that the Holy Spirit leads us to righteousness after we're saved, to get right with God, to make better our relationship with him. And lastly, Yeshua returned from the wilderness by the power of the Holy Spirit to begin his ministry. And just these few verses we see there is a definite growing, if you will, if I can phrase it that way, in the Lord. From submitting ourselves to God to being empowered by God for his service. That whole thing. You know, before the Holy Spirit came into our lives, our lives were a wilderness separated from the love of God and from all hope. It was after we received Yeshua as Messiah that the Holy Spirit comfort came upon us. He led us into the path of righteousness to strengthen us spiritually so that we could put off that old sinful nature once and for all and walk in the Holy Spirit likeness. Point two, Yeshua's ministry with his disciples. During his earthly ministry, Yeshua performed hundreds, if not thousands, of miracles. Some examples, healings of every kind. Supernatural feats, such as walking on water, calming the winds and waves at his command, deliverance from demonic influences, raising the dead, and much, much more. As Yeshua began his ministry, his disciples were there, ever watching, observing the manner by which Yeshua ministered. Now, I am certain that on many occasions, his disciples were in absolute awe of what they witnessed. The gospel also reveals to us that Yeshua often spoke in parables to the public, then afterwards pulled his disciples aside and ministered to them teaching to them, asking them questions, as well as revealing to them the purpose of his ministry and of the kingdom of God. In Mark 4, 34, it says, But without parables, he did not speak to them. And this is when he said, I'm speaking in public. In public, I spoke parables. And then he says, And when they, his disciples, were alone, he explained all things to them. Yeshua, at least on one occasion, sent his disciples out to minister in the surrounding area, a kind of, if you will, on-the-job training. And in Luke 9, 1 and 2, it says, And he called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. 
And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God to heal the sick. Yeshua sends his disciples out, and Yeshua gave them authority. Pay attention to the words. Gave them authority to do the same ministry that he was doing, to heal the sick, to preach the gospel, and so forth. But he gave them authority. What exactly did he give them? Well, Luke tells us, in his name. He said, when you go out and minister, minister in my name, in the name of Yeshua, minister. It doesn't say anything about the Spirit. It says, I'm giving you authority in my name to do this ministry. So it's very important to catch that because the Holy Spirit, yes, the Holy Spirit of power rested on Yeshua. That's absolutely true. There's no doubt of that. But with his disciples at this particular time, he says, just do this in my name. Just do it in my name. John 7, 37 and 38. And it says this. And the last great day of the feast, Yeshua stood up and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me. As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow waters of living water. And 739, but this he spoke of the Holy Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Yeshua was not yet glorified. Look at that. God's presence in Yeshua, his ministry was not complete here. He had not yet been glorified. See, John 16, 17. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is Yeshua speaking. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I send him unto you. I'm sending him to you. Only after I'm glorified. So in essence, what Yeshua is stating here, that the Holy Spirit that dwells in him could not be given to the world until after his earthly ministry was complete. Yeshua is represented by Hashem as a down-to-earth presentation of his love through Yeshua. Yeshua is the presentation of God showing his love to the world. Yet the expression of Hashem's great love toward the world is through the shed blood of his only begotten son, that the world may be saved through him. How great is his love. Let's take a quick look at Yeshua's ministry after the resurrection. On the day of Messiah's resurrection from the dead, John 20, 19, 21, and 22. Now on that same day, at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut and the disciples were assembled for fear of the Judeans, came Yeshua, stood in their midst, and said to them, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Receive you the Holy Spirit. Wow. So Yeshua's disciples received the Holy Spirit of the Lord on that day of his resurrection. 
So they must have immediately gone out and preached the gospel. What do you think they did? What do you think? They just saw Yeshua in person, rose from the dead on the third day, standing in their presence, breathed on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And what did they do? They went fishing. They went fishing. Seriously. John 21, 2 through 6 says that Peter and a number of others got together and went fishing. Wait a minute. You just received the Holy Spirit of God. He breathed on you. Where's the ministry? Did not appear to be there initially. Let's look at Luke 24, 15 and 53. Now he led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And it came to pass that while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Now, Acts chapter 1, verses 3 through 5 and 8, it kind of expresses more about what we just read. To whom he also, Yeshua, showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them, that they should not depart Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days from now. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you, you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and in uttermost parts of the earth. Now, I believe here that we really begin to see the distinction between receiving and empowerment. Verse 8, once you have received the power of the Holy Spirit, you shall be my witness unto the uttermost parts of the earth. You know, it's ironic when you look at these scriptures very closely, you see what Jesus presented first also happened with his disciples. Yeshua received the Holy Spirit. His disciples, he breathed the Holy Spirit upon them 40 days in the desert in the wilderness with Yeshua. 40 days his disciples with Yeshua ministering to them about the kingdom of God before he ascended. And then there's that 10-day wait. Wait on the empowerment from on high. This is what scripture is saying. The Holy Spirit works in us, teaches us, leads us in all things. But what happens? What happens once when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon them? You will be my disciples in Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. In other words, that empowerment is not going to say, let's go fishing, but be fishers of men. Bottom line, people, whether it's in the Old Testament or the New, we read of the, written, the witnesses of kings, prophets, and priests, that when the Holy Spirit of power came upon them, they became servants of God, called into service to fulfill His will through their lives by His grace. Yeshua calls us today to accept His atoning sacrifice for our sins, 
that we too may experience his presence through the precious Holy Spirit for his service. Let us pray. Precious Heavenly Father, we do love you, praise you, and thank you for this time. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. Lord, quicken us all, Lord, to be obedient to your word. You're an awesome God. Thank you for this time that we've had today. In Yeshua's precious name, amen. 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 Amen.